0: Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastors blog. I'm Sumba Jonathan. Today's lesson is a rebroadcast from my series on the book of Proverbs. This lesson was first broadcast in June of 2021. At the time, my oldest son was four years old and there was something that he had become accustomed to doing that was one of the impetus or illustrations that I used in this lesson. So the text to begin, and I'm I'm going to read is from Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 1 to 4, and the title of the study is, I already know, Dad. So let's begin by reading from Proverbs 3 from verse 1 up to verse 4. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So the illustration I had given from my my parenting experience at this point is that I was finding it to be a trend where my, my son, when he was doing something wrong, or he needed to be instructed in how to do something. Before we began doing it, he would often get frustrated with myself or his mother and tell us that he already knew how to do whatever it is that we were doing. I already know mom, I already know dad, is the statement that we would frequently hear him make. And he would get angry when we would tell him that what he he claims he already knows, he doesn't actually know and he needs to listen to instruction. I remember my siblings and I, when we were small children, and even when we were teenagers, frustrating my parents in the same way, with the same attitude, having a rebellious disposition towards instruction. And somehow, rather than really gleaning and loving to be instructed so that we can do something in a right way and benefit from our parents' experience, we often got upset as if they were insinuating that we were foolish when they gave us instruction about how they wanted something done or how we should do something that they knew we were going to do. It's funny that in youth, you you think you know so much, but you really know so little. You have so little life experience. You haven't done much of anything. And yet it's the time of life that you are so confident that you see everything in an accurate way. And something that I I have come to realize, and all people who spend a long time in the Christian faith realize, is that the older you get, you realize more and more how little you know. And it's, it's the opposite for a young person. He thinks he knows everything. But for an older person who's matured in life, the older they get shows them, that they they know less and less than they used to think that they knew. And this instruction today from Proverbs chapter 3 is meant to give us a safeguard to take us through life. And it's a blessing, it's a wonderful blessing to have godly parental instruction. It will keep you from harm, it will guide you in the way you should go. And there's promises here that's given to us by God that if we keep God's instruction, we will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And it, it tells us that length of days and years of life and peaceful days and life will be added to us. You know, you can have a longer life, which is a peaceful life. For example, when Jacob came before Pharaoh in the book of Genesis, He testified to Pharaoh about his life in this way. In Genesis chapter 47, from verse 7 to 9, we read, Then Joseph brought in Jacob his father, and stood him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How many are the days of the years of your life? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my sojourning, notice that, that he describes his life as sojourning, a wandering, that's describing a wandering person who's never found a place to rest. And such really was the experience of Jacob in life. He says, the days of the years of my sojourning are 130 years. He's an old man here. How many 130 year olds do you know? And yet this is what Jacob says about that experience in life. He says, few and evil... Have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their sojourning. So Jacob's testimony about life is essentially like he has not enjoyed life, and he's almost speaking with regret like he's going to have to live longer before he passes away. Isn't it sad to have lived a hundred and thirty years and testify that your days have been few and evil? But Jacob lived his life as a trickster and manipulated. Remember, he lied to his father Isaac about his identity so that he could steal his twin brother Esau's blessing as the firstborn. And he had manipulated Esau in Esau's moment of weakness and foolishness, which God condemned Esau for, into selling him his birthright as, as the firstborn. And the Bible says it was wrong for Esau to despise his birthright, but it was also wrong for Jacob to seek to steal something which was not his and which God could have blessed him without having it anyways, because God had already promised his his blessing. But we, we see that Jacob reaped consequences for his actions through his life. And there's many things from Jacob's experience when we look at him as a person, which we should learn from, you know, I I've heard from one man, a Ugandan man one time trying to justify that it was okay to be a polygamist, that we see Jacob had more than one wife. And so therefore, it's he he was excusing his behavior, wanting to be a polygamist, saying that since Jacob was a polygamist, it's okay for him to be a polygamist. But it's interesting how that completely misses the point of what a terrible family Jacob had through polygamy his wives though they were sisters were rivals of each other and then they even gave their servants to Jacob to be his concubines essentially and have more children and so there was there was more polygamy led to more offspring which led to rivalry and envy amongst the brothers most of Jacob's sons were not honorable men they didn't do what was right they sold their brother Joseph into slavery out of Out of jealousy, Reuben, Jacob's one son, violated, went into one of his his father's wives um, and committed abomination. Um, everything that we see from what, what was produced in Jacob's family should actually warn us against polygamy and, and we should see that this is what it actually produces. and this is something that I want to bring home for us today. In how when we have not yet experienced something, there's a way that we are just immature in it because there are some things in life which it's necessary to experience to really grasp the reality of it. For example, two of the best things that I've ever written on the topic of biblical suffering, I wrote before going through intense physical suffering. And I remember after the first uh, spinal surgery I had when I was laying on um, my back in a hospital bed, unsure of whether I was going to survive, unsure of what was going to happen to me. I had lost uh, so many physical functions and I was completely numb from my waist down to my knees. And I went back and I read these two, two um studies I had done on, one was, was called um, God's Answer to Suffering from the Book of Job, and the other one was on the goodness of suffering. And I had suffered different things up in my Christian life up until that point and through through different life experiences, but I had never experienced such intense suffering as what I was going through at that time. And I remember reading what I had written, and actually weeping because it was full of God's truth in in the reality of suffering. But I also realized how somewhat hollow my teaching was at that point, because I had never experienced really intense suffering that other people went through, in which I might point to, I might give those lessons, I might say to them, here's here's a biblical response to the situation you're passing through. But un, until I had also passed through similar circumstances, there was a way that my instruction would have been somewhat empty for them. There's a, a book called Retractions written by Masumba Pat Nemers. He's pastor of Sailorville Church in Ankeny, Iowa. And uh, his church is a church that supports my family and ministry and Pastor Pat is a wonderful Bible teacher. Uh, in his book, he has a, a great example. His book Retractions is—it's such a blessing because it's written. Now he's—he's he's coming to um, the time in ministry where you know he's at the age of, of retirement. Um, so he's passed through many different experiences in in ministry, and I, I love his book Retractions because it's not not written like instructing people on everything that they should do. But he actually gives experiences where he failed in ministry and God taught him through that failure. And he encourages all of us to cultivate humility in our life. And uh, it's such a wonderful book. It was a blessing to me when I, I read it. But he has a great quote in here on how we sometimes will sort of, without thinking, give instruction to a person who is hurting severely and we haven't experienced the same sort of suffering that they're going through. And there's a chapter in the book where he talks about losing his first wife. His first wife died suddenly when she was young and they had young children and passing through that that experience. One thing that uh, Masumba Pat said, he learned from it. He, He said that one of the retractions the Lord produced in me that night and in the following days was to quit glibly sharing inexperienced truth with those who hurt. I think that's such a a fantastic way of describing that because many times without considering the feelings that other people have and what they're passing through, um, we will just sort of flippantly or lightly quote maybe Romans 8:28 to someone or we'll mention what Job said when he heard about his children all dying and all of his possessions being taken away you know the lord gave and the lord has taken away blessed be the name of the lord but until we've gone through those things there's there's a way where those statements are are very hollow but what makes job's testimony for example so powerful is that he did pass through that situation and he did make those statements of faith about though my Redeemer, though, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And speaking of his hope in the resurrection, that he knows that there's, there's going to be a day where he will stand before his Redeemer. And though at that time his body is destroyed, yet he knows in his flesh he will stand before the Lord. Those testimonies mean so much because of what Job passed through. And for us as, as younger people, it's so foolish when we neglect to glean from the experiences of older believers and most especially their experiences of passing through the truth of God's word and seeing that it proved true. And so many times we we make the mistake in thinking that we know what is best. You do not know what is best. God knows what is best. He is the author of life. He is the giver of life. He knows everything. And it's the the most foolish thing that we can do is to set aside his word and to think that we're going to do something which is better. But many times as as a pastor, I see people doing that. And it's funny that people will come to me and ask for help because their actions have led them into trouble. And then I always give them what God's word says about the situation that they're in and what God, the principles that God gives in his word to guide them through it so that they will not have the same consequences, but they'll have blessing and success, which God's word promises for obedience. And so many times even though their experience should have shown them that what they're doing is wrong. And they just continue in the same folly. And it's, it's it's a failure to apply what we see here. If we hold fast to God's instruction, we'll be blessed. And the opposite is true. If you set it aside, you're going to find all sorts of, of trouble and chaos coming into your life. So. Lastly, today, I want to just leave you with Isaiah 66, verse 2, which says, All these things my hand has made, and so all these things came to be," declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. God honors people who tremble at his word, who, who are fearful, lest they ever set it aside, lest they ever violate what God says. Those are the ones that God looks to with favor. I love the testimony of David in the book of Psalms where he says, you know, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. You know what that is? That's that's the testimony of experience. That's the testimony of Not only seeing God's promise in the beginning, but actually living by God's promise and seeing that it proves true. That's where David can say in another place, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you put God's word to the test through application of it, even when it's difficult, even like when Abraham passed the test of faith, when it seems like what God told him to do contradicted God's promise to him about his descendants from Isaac becoming a a great nation. God's word proved true in the end, and Abraham's obedience in the difficult time led to that great blessing. Let's make application of these things that we might also find favor, good success, length of days, and peace in those days. God bless you all.